Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parshat Bishalach, In the Sending. We'll start with a brief recap. Pharaoh sent the Israelites away towards the end of last week's Parsha, so we start this week with God deciding to send them on the scenic route to avoid confrontation. God leads the people with a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at dark, and eventually has them camped by the Red Sea. The Egyptians decide they can't go so easily and come after the Israelites in hot pursuit, which obviously freaks the Israelites out as they are stuck between a sea and a rampaging army. The Israelites are like, what, there were no graves in Egypt, so we had to die here? And Moshe's like, calm down, everything's going to be fine. But actually, he's kind of freaking out too. So God says to him, okay, dude, stop whining to me, stretch out your staff, and the sea will split, and lo and behold, it does. So the Israelites rush through the parted sea, and then when everyone's made it safely across, Moses stretches out his staff again, and the sea drowns the Egyptians. Miriam and Moses lead the people in song, and then it's off into the desert. They arrive at a place called Mara, and the people complain that the water is bitter, so Moses magically transforms it. A little while later, the Israelites run out of food and start fetching, so God's like, I'm going to make it rain food. The food involves quail at night and manna, a magical food, in the morning. The manna only lasts one day, but some people decide to try to hoard it anyway, and it promptly goes bad. The journey continues, and once again the Israelites run out of water and complain, so God tells Moshe to strike a rock and water comes gushing out. Remember that one. The Amalekites sneak up from behind the people and attack the camp, so Moshe sends his right-hand man Joshua to lead the people into battle. Moses climbs to a mountain with Aaron and Hor, and whenever Moshe's hands are raised above him, the Israelites would be winning, and then when Moshe would let his hands drop, the Israelites would start to lose. So he gets tired, they stick a rock under him, hold his hands up, and eventually they win the battle, and God says, all right, now you have to remember, wipe those Amalekites off the earth. So Let's zoom in on that part right at the end, where the battle against the Amalekites hinges on Moshe's hands being raised in the air. First of all, what? Which is exactly what Rashi says too. This whole battle depends on Moshe's hands being in the air as he sits on the top of a mountain? Rashi then quotes a passage in the Talmud that says, no, no, it's not really about his hands per se. It's about the people looking towards him, people looking outside of their circumstances for help. When they look to heaven for help, they succeed. When they get too caught in their own little earthly matters, they fail. Which is nice. I like that. So what's the story with Moshe needing help to hold his hands up? Well, as the Beatles say, I get by with a little help from my friends. Oh, I get high with a little help from my friends. Or, in Moshe's case, his hands do. Okay, so maybe that's not the kind of high the song was referring to, but maybe it was. We need other people to help pull us out of our own heads sometimes. We need help to succeed even when it's at things that we think are completely our responsibility to do. If the point of Moshe keeping his hands in the air was to pull the Israelites out of their battle funk, then I guess he's doing that for them, and then it makes sense that he needs support from Aaron and Hur to do it himself. So here's a blessing for Aaron and Hur for helping Moshe, and for all of the Aaron's and Hur's in our lives who help pull us up when we need it. I'll see you next week.